Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Well, we are launching a new series today called Give, Grow, Go, and I'm so glad that each of you are here at the beginning of this to hear it, and I would encourage you to come each and every single week for the next few weeks and be a part of it. What an incredible season that we've been in as a church. Last week was so fun because there are many Sundays when I'm like, hey, if you missed last week, you missed it. Right? Because it was so amazing the week before. And I got to be the recipient of that. Uh, this past week, I was not here. I was in Bangladesh dropping my daughter off, and Reggie Dabbs was here. And some of you were texting me, and you're like, You missed it. You know, Reggie was amazing and uh, so exciting to see what happened last week. It was fun to hear the reports from some of you and being able to watch the service on the way home uh, was just amazing. What a great weekend that we had. I want to thank Pastor Madison and Mark Mummify for all the behind the scenes work that you did and bringing him here and lining up the school assemblies and all of that part in the Sunday night outreach service. This place was packed. That was fun to see the video of that and to see him in the schools and the surrounding communities around us and just ministering to people and so grateful that it happened. If, uh, if you missed last week, I'd encourage you to watch online at crosspointwaverly.com or on YouTube or listen on Spotify or go uh, to any of those sites and, and catch up. But Pastor Madison and Mark, without the, the two of you last week wouldn't have happened. And so again, thank you. Let's express our appreciation. Hey, here's a fun statistical fact. Our church turned nine years old last week. Nine years old. That's crazy. One more year and we will have journeyed in this church together for a decade. Wow, that's just, it's incredible to think about. Uh, in some ways, it seems hard to believe. It's amazing to see how God has brought together this incredibly diverse group of people at this moment in history to make a difference. And I just want to say to you, you are making a difference. You're making a difference. This group, this church has rejected apathy and passivity and has pursued action in Christ-likeness with passion. For those of you who've been part of the journey since the beginning, I want to say thank you. Thanks for sticking with it. For those of you who have just joined our church recently, I want to say thank you to you. And those of you who are somewhere in between all of that, I just want to say thank you. Thanks for making this your church family. And I just want to tell you that I believe that as a church, our best days are ahead of us. Our best days are ahead of us. That was weak. I'm just telling you. Like, I heard Reggie get on to y'all last week, right? Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, so our best days are genuinely ahead of us, there's no doubt. I love our church, and I love the Capital C Church. The global church is a beautiful thing. What we have here is just a glimpse of what the Holy Spirit is doing around the world. The Holy Spirit working through the local church still is the hope of the world. I get that in some circles the church has a bad rap. Some churches and ministers have brought reproach on the kingdom of God. 
But even with his imperfections, God is redeeming, God is refining, God is restoring, and God is reviving his church. My Facebook news feed this week has been filled with posts of revival that's sweeping the campus of Asbury University. It's amazing to see these students passionately going after Jesus and the revival that's taking place on that campus. It's powerful. And here's what I say. God, bring it on. God, redeem. God, refine. God, restore. And God, revive your church. In Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18, Jesus had something to say about the church to Peter. In verse 18, he says, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power that it has to transform our lives. And we ask that over the next few moments that we would sense a demonstration of your Holy Spirit's power. Would you make your word come alive to us? Would you open up our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to understand what you would have? In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said that he would build his church. He would build his church, and catch this, he says, the devil, the enemy, he doesn't win. He says, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The enemy hasn't won, he's not winning currently, and he'll never be winning. The devil is a liar, and he's a loser. Jesus said that he would build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I want to connect some dots for some this morning. Jesus is saying to Peter that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. And again, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is the same man that later in Matthew will deny Jesus three times. So Jesus has spoken this word over his life, close proximity to him, and now he denies Jesus three times. But he's also the same guy that Luke tells us in Acts chapter 2 was baptized in the Holy Spirit and preached this powerful message and that 3,000 people were saved and baptized in one day. Peter's life was messy. The early church had a messy start and it's still messy today because the church is filled with imperfect people. And I'm just telling you, I'm grateful that our church is filled with imperfect people because that means we can all be here. If it was filled with perfect people, there wouldn't be room for us. And yet God is still building his church. The Holy Spirit is still moving in the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is not just a group of people who didn't have anything else better to do this morning than to come and gather. Right? The church is, is, is a body of Christ. It's a, it's, the church is a collection of people who are on mission with God. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Verse number 12, he says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ears should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. And if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. 
and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greatest honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gift of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongue. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I'll show you a still more excellent way. Each of us play an important part in the body of Christ. I hope that you catch that this morning. I hope that you caught it as we read these passages. You are essential to the body of Christ. And some of you are like, oh, no, that's not me. I'm not essential. Yes, you. All of us are essential to the body of Christ. It takes all of us to make up the body. So who are we as a church? Over the years, we've not prioritized a mission statement. As we've grown, we thought, man, it's probably time for us to have some common vocabulary and some shared language that we can use that describes what God is doing here. Some language that will unite us and guide us that when people say, what is Crosspoint about? That we would have an answer. In October, we got away as a staff and began working on this and dreaming and, and came up with some language that will help guide us moving forward. I tell you, we have the best staff. They're amazing. They love you so much. They're praying for you on a regular basis. And I'm telling you, they're, they're smart. And so we're in this room together. And for those of you who've ever been in a session like this, it's a painstaking process. And we're throwing up some stuff on the whiteboard and words are going up there. And then all of a sudden, after hours of working on this, the words are there. And I'll just tell you, there was no excitement in my heart or in my spirit about what was on the whiteboard. Darren Poley, uh, pastor, was there with us, and he's spoken at our church, and he's come alongside our church the last few years and helped us with kingdom builders and a number of other areas. And he just looked at me in that moment, and again, reminds you, after hours as a team of working on this, and he said, do you like what's up there? I said, no. I don't. Can you imagine how defeating and deflating that that was? Like we just spent hours. For those of you who've sat in those meetings, you know how painful that that moment was. But yet, I just felt like what we had put up on the board was not unique to what God is doing in our church. And I felt like that there was something else that God wanted for us. And I didn't have the language and the words. If I would have, then some of them could have just been like, well, you're the pastor. Why don't you just write whatever you want up there on the board? I didn't have it. And I just want to tell you, it was amazing to see what the Holy Spirit did in that moment. Different staff members at different times began to say this word and that word. And I'll tell you what stuck was this, give, grow, and go. These three words, 
give, grow, and go. How fitting that the Holy Spirit would work through us in that moment and how fitting that the Holy Spirit working through the, the church is the hope of the world. So he, guard, he guided our time together, and this morning I'm going to share with you what came out of that meeting. And, and again, we wanted to come up with something that unite, uniquely describes what God has called Crosspoint to. Something that wraps words around our shared mission and goal to share the gospel with the 12,000 people within a 10-mile radius of our church that don't go to church, as well as share the gospel around the world to those who have yet to hear through Kingdom Builders and Kingdom Builders Partners. And so again, we came up with these three words, give, grow, and go. Say that with me. Give, grow, go. One more time. Give, grow, go. You got it. So why do we exist as a church? Well, Pastor Madison put together this flyer uh, for us that was on your seat today. And so there's some, the words there in case you're like, oh, what was that word? Again, we exist to inspire and equip people to give their whole lives to Jesus to grow in their relationship with him and others, and to go tell the world the good news. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that enables all three of those things. The Holy Spirit draws men's heart for, to God for salvation. The Holy Spirit refines us and shapes us into the disciples that God has called us to be. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to go and to share the good news with others. We understand that everything that we do as a church starts with what God did for us. In his magnificent mercy, he gave his son. John chapter 3, 16, many of you could quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God gave his son. Jesus gave his life to the whole world, including us, including you, so that we could all be saved. There are two eternal destinations where we'll end up. For those who are followers of Jesus, we'll spend an eternity with God. And we want to, as a church, inspire and equip people to pick heaven. It's honestly an easy choice, but yet there are some who choose to be a child of wrath and pick hell as their eternal destination instead of heaven. A long time ago, Pastor Chance Hall was on our team. He was leading the Chi Alpha at Upper Iowa University. And he was at a training session, and he texted me, and he said, he said, Does cross, what's Crosspoint Church's mission statement? I told you, we didn't, we didn't have one. So I thought, what could I send him quick? So I texted him these words. We do what we do because he did what he did. We do what we do because he did what he did. And I just let it sit. You know, clearly it's not really the mission statement of the church, but I said it in jest, and, and it's cheeky, but I really, everything that we do starts with what Christ did for us. We do what we do because he did what he did. Everything starts with Jesus. I love how Christ-centric our worship was this morning and how much we sang about Jesus and worshiped Jesus. I love that Clint came out and led us in communion and reminded us of not only what Jesus did for us, but reminded us that Jesus is coming back. Everything that we do is because of what he did. Everything starts with Jesus. He gave his life. His kindness leads us to repentance. In light of what Jesus did for us, what should our response be? Our response should be to give our whole lives to him. The only reasonable response would be to offer our whole lives to him. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, 
He writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He gave, we give. We give our whole selves to him. We exist to help people, to help you give your all to the one who gave his all. The second word is grow. For the past two years, we've used this language that we have to be about making disciples and developing ministers. Making disciples and developing ministers. It's why the mission statement is strategic to, and, and, and intentional to put the word inspire and equip. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. To equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. We've got to be about making disciples and developing ministers. Those of you who serve are ministers. I want to say thank you for serving. In every area that you serve, thank you. You're a minister. And Jesus tells us that the fields are ripe for harvest and that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We have an obligation as a church to work towards fulfilling the Great Commission, to go into all the world and make disciples. We're not called to make church sitters. Like you won't find that in the Bible. Hey, assemble a group of people who will just sit. Like that's not what the Bible calls us to. We're not called to just assemble big crowds. As a church, we're called to make disciples. And Ephesians 4 says we're to equip those disciples, equip those saints for the work of the ministry. So we should all do our part in allowing the Holy Spirit to help us grow as disciples as well as be a part of the disciple-making process in others. There's an obligation to both. God desires a dynamic, growing relationship with him, not a stagnant one. Disciples are not born, they're made. They're made through a relationship with God and with his people. Our primary vehicle of doing this is small groups. We grow in our relationship with God and others in community. We're there for one another. How many know that there's no small group curriculum like life? There's no small group curriculum like life. When we live in community, we can be there for one another in moments that shouldn't be faced alone. In those moments, because of relationship, we can know and be known. We can love and be loved. We can forgive and be forgiven. We can serve and be served. And we can celebrate and be celebrated. Making disciples and developing ministers goes hand in hand. And as a church, we give people opportunities to serve and while serving, see talents discovered and developed. Every person is born with a purpose. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You heard in the announcements today about Growth Track that it'll be happening today immediately following this service. And one of the purposes of Growth Track is to help you discover your purpose. And when we unleash people to fulfill their purpose under God, it enables the church to fulfill its purpose. The church was created on purpose for a purpose. That's why the final word is go. Jesus begins the great commission in Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19, with the word go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
I love that all three of these words are action words. Give, grow, and go. They all require something of us, and it should. In fact, Jesus said if anybody wants to be his disciple, that he needs to count the cost. There's a cost to being a disciple of Jesus. He says to take, to, to take up your cross and to follow him. Jesus gave his life for a purpose. We've become sons and daughters of God for a purpose. We're growing as disciples and obediently respond by going. We go to our neighborhoods. We go to our schools. We go to the 12,000 people within a 10-mile radius of our church that don't go to our church, that don't go to church, period, right? We go to our county. We go to our state. And we go to the uttermost parts of the earth. And each of us have a part in this individually. And as we live our lives, we're called to go. Another way of saying this is we're called to show up. We're called to show up. Do you know that I bet that most of you underestimate the power of your presence in this room today? In fact, I bet that each of you who minister in every area of our church underestimate the power of you showing up and serving. It's impacting the lives of people because you showed up. We'll never do this, what I'm about to say, so I need everybody to know we're not going to do this. But if there was a way at the end of service for the entire church to hear what people come forward for for prayer, I think you would be astonished at the weight that people carry when they come in. And the fact that you as a prayer team member showed up so that you could pray, that God could lift that burden and meet a need is powerful. The fact that each of you gathered today to worship God and sing praises to him, there's power in you showing up. There's somebody that needs you to show up. There's somebody who's counting on you to go. By default, we go locally. It's not just about living in the same community as lost people. It's about letting the light of Jesus shine through us in the way that we live, in the way that we speak, in the way that we act, in the way that we love, in the way that we work, in all things. It's about telling people the good news. How many of you still have toddlers at home? Would you raise your hand? Okay. How many of you ever parented toddlers and you had to say to them, use your words? Use your words. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to encourage us as followers of Jesus to use our words to go and tell the good news of Jesus. Right, God has done so much in our lives. I just want to encourage all of us that we would share the good news with others. We use our words. By intention, we go globally. We do this three ways. Each week we pray for a specific country. We pray for unreached people groups around the world. We give generously to Kingdom Builders so that Kingdom Builders partners can go into all the world, and we go on Kingdom Builders trips. Last week, I flew through Doha, Qatar to drop my daughter off in Dhaka, Bangladesh for two months. Thanks for your prayers for her. Thanks for your prayers for me. So she cried when I left. I didn't cry. I didn't. I didn't. There's no way I would stand up here and lie. No chance. I hugged my baby girl. 
And I said, baby, the reason why I'm not crying is because I'm so excited for you. These next two months are going to be incredible for you. But we flew through Doha, Qatar. Some of you are like, I have no idea where that is. Others of you are like, that sounds familiar. Why does that sound familiar? Because it's where the World Cup of Soccer just happened this year. And so we're in this international airport. And all around, there are people speaking different languages. There are different nations represented. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And I looked at my baby girl and I said, baby, this is what heaven's going to be like. And it sincerely was a double-edged emotional moment for me. Emotionally because in heaven there will be every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And the imagery of that moment was palpable. In the same token, many people in the airport were from nations that we pray for that have huge populations of unreached people groups. And the statistical probability of many of those people in the airport being followers of Jesus is slim to none. And so emotional in the sense that in heaven, every tribe, every tongue, every nation will be represented. But also emotional in this moment that unless somebody's willing to go, and unless somebody's willing to tell the good news, their eternity will not be in heaven. That's so why I'll never apologize for taking up Kingdom Builders' offering. I'll never apologize for asking us to give generously so that those around the world could hear the good news. This year, so many of you have signed up to be part of the Bangladesh trip and the Alaska trip and the El Salvador trip, and I love it. We've got to figure out how to get some more teams going this year as well. We're launching back Kingdom Builders' trips with a vengeance. So who are we? We're followers of Jesus all because he came to us. Romans 5, 8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So what do we do? In light of what he's done for us, we give, we grow, and we go. We exist to inspire and equip people to give their whole lives to Jesus, to grow in their relationship with him and others, and to go tell the world the good news. I don't think there's any way that we can stare at the grace of Jesus or stare in the face of Jesus and the result of that be I'm going to take, I'm going to shrink, and I'm going to stay. But instead, when we look into the face of Jesus and we see his grace, the only response is that we'll give, we'll grow, and we'll go. God, I'm going to live my life to your purpose and to your will. I'm going to make a commitment to grow in my relationship with you in Christ's likeness and in others. And I'm going to be willing to go. And I ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Maybe there are some of you this morning that got stuck on the word give. And you got stuck there because you've never given your life to God. You've never surrendered your life to him. And you say, today, I want to become a follower of Jesus. I want to give my whole life to him. Maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with God, but you've turned your back on him. 
You say, today I need to see my relationship restored back to my maker. If that's you, you say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time. I want to surrender and give my life to him because of what he's done for me. Or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three. Lift them up all across this room. Thank you. I see that hand. You can put it down. There's another. You can put it down. Let's all stand. There were at least two hands that went up this morning of people who need to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time or who need to see their relationship restored back to him. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you raise your hand, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. And know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning, I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. If you raised your hand and prayed that prayer, we'd ask that you would text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Again, text the word yes to 319-250-8998. We want to encourage you in the decision that you've made today in the journey that God wants to take you on. We leave time at the end of each of our services for people to receive prayer. In just a moment, the prayer team is going to make their way to the front, to each side of the stage, and the worship team is going to lead us in another song. And if you've come here today needing prayer for anything, I'd encourage you in just a moment to step out of your seat and come forward and let somebody pray for you. I'm going to pray. The prayer team's going to come forward. Worship team's going to lead us. And again, I'd encourage you to step out of your seat. God, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit working through our church. God, we're grateful for the vision and the, that you've given to us for the future. And Lord, we're grateful that truly our best days are ahead. And so, Lord, we pray that you would redeem, that you would restore, that you would revive your church, that you would continue to pour out your Holy Spirit in a powerful and a mighty way. God, I pray for those that have come in this morning and they think that, that their role doesn't have any importance, Lord. They feel like, does it even matter if they show up that today that they would realize that they're absolutely critical. They're critical to this body. They're essential to this body. And so, Lord, I pray that all of us in this room and all of us watching online today would start at that first step, that recognize what you've done, and that we would give our lives, whole lives to you. 
Lord, I pray that we would commit to grow in our relationship with you and in our relationship with others. And finally, that, that we wouldn't grow just to become obese Christians, but instead we would grow to go. We would take what you've given to us and what your spirit has downloaded in us and what we've learned as being made as disciples of you and that we would go into our communities, that we would go into the schools, that we would go into our workplaces, that we would go to the uttermost parts of the earth and that we would tell people the good news of the gospel. Lord, we pray again that you would send a revival, that as we walk out empowered by your Holy Spirit in each of these areas, that we would see countless souls come to know you in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.